Welcome to episode 247 of the Rugby League Republic podcast with your hosts, Tish and Dr. T. In this episode, we preview the NRL final series and much, much more. Join us as we build a rugby league community for all. The Rugby League Republic podcast starts right now. Welcome to episode 247 of the Rugby League Republic podcast, where we aim to bring you the everyday fans' perspective on the greatest game of all, Rugby League. This is Rugby League for the people. I'm your co-host, Dr. T, and joining me is Tish. Tish, the NRL finals are upon us. How are you feeling? Are you are you sore after Mad the Tigers' mad Monday? I am. I am. I am. I am disappointed. I figured out what went wrong for us, Dr. T. What it is, we did the awards night on Tuesday, you know. So if we had made it to the finals, um, well, you know, while we're doing an award show in the middle of, like, you know, the final series, it doesn't make sense. But, yeah, look, uh, the West Tigers, yeah, look, uh, a woeful end to the season. Everybody's been talking about how bad they played against Canberra. But, you know, um, no pride, but it's Okay. You know, we've got Benji and uh, Tim Sheen, so I'm looking forward to it. But look, I'm also looking forward to the final series. You know, all I've got to say is, ba diwa diwa. do you remember dancing in September? ba diwa diwa. <laughs> never was a cloud day. ba diwa ba diwa. So it's September time. It's football, NRL season, final series. Are you pumped for this final series, Dr. T? Oh, look, all i got to say is three words. Top four, baby. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Finally, yes. the Eels, they're coming good at the right time of year. But I do, you know, being an Eels fan, I don't yeah. want to get too far ahead of myself because we are playing the Panthers in week one Wow, with yeah. Nathan Cleary back. And, you know, look, it's one thing to say, you know, we've beaten, we're the only team this year, mm. or for many years, in fact, that has beaten both the Panthers and the Storm twice in one season. Yeah. That is absolutely a wonderful honour and, and, a, and you know, full credit to the boys, as they say. Yes. But it means nothing, my friend, if we are mm. not ahead on the scoreboard when the referee borrows the final whistle on grand final day. If it's not... Wow. If we can't see that coming, there is no point celebrating. Uh, having said that, you know, the... the Two wins against the Panthers this year. Mm. What's the chances of three wins? In wow! <laughs> and what? And and then if we do defeat them, and the Panthers go all the way to the grand final, and we meet them again in the grand final, and we do as well, and we get there, assuming yeah. all that happens, what's the chance of beating them four times in the one year? Yeah. So well, this is really it's uh, crunch time at the moment. It's all on the line. Exactly. Well, look, uh, interesting, Dr. T, your comments, because, uh, you know, this is an interesting strategy that I think you're highlighting here. Unlike most teams who take it week by week, you're already looking four weeks ahead <laughs> there, Dr. T. <laughs> they work it backwards. Uh, <laughs> I don't believe in the one week at a time, boys. There's <laughs> yeah. no, there's no, there's no two points anymore, mate. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's that's finals. True. There's no, it's no longer, you can't, 110% isn't enough. 
Exactly. You need to go 150%. You need to get 200%. <laughs> yeah, you're right, you're right. You know, and, you know, um, nobody, uh, you know, you may not win the grand final in your first week of the series, but you could certainly lose your opportunity to play in the final series in the first week, right? So, in the grand That's final right. first week, so it's there. But, you know, um, look, I've got to say, like, if you're looking at the matchups this week, and I, I know we're going to get in, into it, but I feel like it's uh, Peter Verlander's Verlander, dream week one of the final series, right? Like, there are there is, like, four rivalries, um, you know, like, with each one of them. Um, and, I mean, like, I didn't really know too much about the... Sharks Cowboys rivalry, but there's been a rivalry for years between those two clubs, which I didn't even realize. And yeah, that was the only one that I didn't think it was rivalry, but there's a rivalry there. But all the other clubs, I mean, they all, I mean, they want to bet like it's not just a matter of playing, you know, their opponent in the finals. It, you know, it's a club that they have beef with, you know, so it's going to be very, very interesting this series. That's right. You're right. There, there is the, it's, there's actual, uh, like I would have to say, there's a bit of animosity there in these rivalries. Mm. This isn't like, uh, you know, we're not talking Eels v. Bulldogs. It's the, not a nostalgic rivalry. It's like it's proper beef. Uh, this is the, this is the, uh, yeah, this is right. Peter Volandis, like he couldn't have scripted it any better if he tried. It's like a Tupac and Biggie, you know, beef on all fronts here mm. or almost no in some of them more so than others i would say but yeah we we'll, yeah. we will get to that in a minute but we are we have to get into the tackles and our first tackle we're going to review the final round of the NRL season so here we go tackle number 1 all right it was a great final round of the NRL Round 25, uh, here are the results. Parramatta Eels, 22-14 over the Melbourne Storm in front of a bumper 23,000 crowd at Combank Stadium. The Bulldogs, 21-20 over the Manly Warringah Seagulls in front of, uh, well, a small, small-ish crowd, 13,000 at Accor Stadium. Roosters, 26, defeating the South Sydney Rabbitohs, 16, in front of a... Huge 41,906 uh, crowd at at Allianz Stadium, the first NRL match in the newly built stadium. Uh, Titans, 27-26 over the Warriors at Mount Smart Stadium in New Zealand in front of 20,000, so big crowd there as well. Dragons, 22-12 over the Brisbane Broncos in front of a very small 8,000 or so crowd at Jubil- Netstrata Jubilee Stadium. The Cowboys 38 to 8 over a second string Penrith Panthers in front of a healthy 23,000 crowd at Queensland Country Bank Stadium. Uh, the Sharks 38 to 16 over the Knights at McDonald Jones Stadium there in Newcastle at 16,000 or so crowd. And Leichhardt Oval, final game for the season for the Tigers. 56 to 10 Raiders over the Tigers in front of a terrible 10. Well, for, for yeah. Leichhardt, pretty good actually. 10,041. That's it's good. It's good in the sense that, uh, you know, the, there's probably that many people that uh, yeah. were turned away because of the lack of parking situation there at Leichhardt. Yeah. But, um, well, 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 actually, I believe that crowd was bigger, but this is the um, recorded attendance after, you know, a lot of people left after halftime. <laughs> oh. 
Tigers, that you learn your lesson. Count them as they come in, not as they leave uh, in disgust. <laughs> yeah, Please don't. Right. <laughs> but look, uh, look. I think it's fair to say that the the key, you know, there there were two, I guess, main results that really mattered. Uh, and and uh, I'm not talking mattered in terms of who who was to make the top eight. I think we were kind of pretty clear beforehand that. That the bulldog, uh, so the Broncos were, you know, up against it to uh, uh, to make it to the eight. So you know, and and the Raiders certainly uh, put pay to that uh, that that assumption. Uh, Fifty six to ten over the Tigers. Unfortunately, yeah. that even if the the Broncos had won, the the Raiders would have been ahead anyway, majorly on <laughs> even if they had lost the. Look, the key the key matchups were really Roosters and Rabbitohs to determine, uh, you know, potentially the placings in the bottom half of the top eight, um, and and obviously the Eels and the Storm had a big part to play in that. In fact, the Eels and the Storm game not only was it a super high quality game, it was also uh, you know it it determined the makeup of the top four. And the top eight, to be honest, uh, because had the Storm won, we would have seen potentially the Roosters uh, overtake the Eels and we would have had a completely different set of matchups in the bottom eight, bottom part of the eight. But because the Eels won and the Storm were well ahead of the Roosters in four and against, uh, it, it was basically very clear that, uh, yeah, the, the Roosters and the Rabbitohs will be playing each other again. <laughs> And uh, and then we've determined that the Storm are going to be playing the Raiders. But look, this is all about whoever won the uh, out of the Eels and the Storm uh, was going to clinch that top four spot, that that number four spot. And it ended up being the Eels. And look, the score of twenty two fourteen would alarm Eels fans because we were well ahead of uh, the Storm. Uh, it was uh, you know I think it was twenty two to four at one point. Uh, and just in the last like 15 minutes, they completely dropped their bundle, dropped a couple of tries. Uh, it, it was panic stations in a way, uh, but but at the end of the day, the Eels did what they needed to do to get the win. Uh, I'd be very alarmed if I was Brad Arthur that they just dropped their bundle so readily. Uh, you know, they've done that before. This is probably, you know, not to psychoanalyze the Eels, but this is probably the reason why when they, uh, you know, the, why they've been so inconsistent. I think they get to the point where complacency is a real issue with this team and it can mm-hmm. happen within a single game. They can be rocks and diamonds within a single game. And we saw that, you know, probably one of the the, the most uh, memorable moments for me was the Mitch Moses uh, tackle on Kenny Bromwich. Mm. Uh, was it Kenny Bromwich? I think it was Kenny Bromwich. Uh where he basically, uh, you know, tackled him so hard, knocked the ball out, uh, and it was just a real turning point. I mean, the way that the the team sort of backed Mitchell Moses and, um, you know, gave him, you know, smacks on the back, good on you, mate. Like, he basically, he was inspirational. He was, uh, one, I guess, the main difference between the sides. He did uh, a lot of damage, as did Dylan Brown. It was generally a wonderful team performance. Junior Polo mm. had a good game. Um, most of the players had good games. There were some yeah. deficiencies, as always. If you're an Eels fan, you'll know that you're always worried about your right side defence with Wonga Blank there. <laughs> there's always there's always a chance he's going to 
you know, cause a bit of an overlap or, or something uh, with his defensive, poor defensive reads. And that seemed mm. to happen a few times as well. But they scrambled. They did what they needed to do and they absolutely dominated the Melbourne Storm. And you don't hear an Eels fan saying that very often. And mm. the fact that we've beaten them twice this year in yeah. pretty high quality games is uh, a real, you know, without getting too far ahead of myself, Tish, it is a real positive sign heading into the finals. It's earned them a, uh, a at least a week off, even if they lose. They uh, well, no, so not a week off. It's earned them a uh, uh, a second chance uh, if they lose in week one, which they wouldn't have had if they had gone uh, fifth, sixth, seventh, or eighth. Um, Tish, yeah, what were your thoughts on uh, what was a highlight of the round for you? And uh, do you have any comments on the Eels and Storm game? Yeah, well, look, let me start on the comment on the Eels uh, game. I think uh, just like PVL and his dream matchup, I actually think this result is. Um, is is actually uh, you know the dream for Brad Arthur right like, like like the dream setup why is that because you know Parramatta they it was a must win game to get into the top four and they did it so they turned up when they needed to turn up tick right um, <laughs> yeah. Storm they've beaten the Storm twice this year they've beaten the Panthers this year tick so they've completed that sixty minutes in. You know, um, you know, if you look at it, you know, uh, Dylan Brown, Penasini, and Michael Seva were the three try scorers, uh, 12th minute, 43rd minute, and 60th minute. Um, and Moses kicking three from three, 62 second minute was his last conversion. Right. And then, um, so that is, that is uh, there. But then over on the Melbourne Storm time, they didn't get onto the scoreboard until the 66th minute. <laughs> right, so it was it was actually twenty nil for for oh eighteen nil for a while, right? Um, before I don't know, it was it was actually twenty nil. Um, you know, in the sixty second minute, and then four minutes later, Melbourne score. So this is where the other part of Brad uh, Arthur's perfect dream comes into it. You know, the Storm three late tries, so it becomes three tries each. Um, but then you know, Nick Meany. Probably doesn't have a future as a uh, as a reverend or evangelist because he only got one conversion, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry, but what you have is is uh, yeah, you know what you have is like Brad Arthur now can go look, guys, what happened? What happened in the last twenty minutes? You know, and enough maybe fuel that he could use for this week's game. You know, I, I, you know the fact that they had a poor end to this match, and no doubt he's going to be emphasising that this week as motivation to say, "Hey, you know what? Like, you know, we haven't won anything yet. Um, yet we've had a great season. We've got to top four. I mean, there was there was ups and downs, but reality is we haven't won anything yet. Poor end to the twenty minutes. We can't win the grand final. We can't be premiers this year if we have a twenty minute performance um, like we did against the Storm at the end of the game. So I think. I think there's enough there for Brad to work with if he is the man. Do you know what I mean? And uh, look, I'd say that that was it. And I'd say for in terms of highlights, um, look, I know this game is now um, – it was it was sort of like – it was really meaningless after this result, really, because I'm pretty sure Paramount secured their full spot. There wasn't – I think the Bruce – yeah, I don't think there was any much chance of um, the Bruce's – No, that's Rappers right. No, overtaking. So this, this, this match became mute because only because – you know, it didn't mean they were going to play each other this week anyway. Um, 
But the perfect scenario is the Roosters winning and then this game coming back to Alliance. Even though a lot of people are saying, hey, this could be better at a call. But I think just the atmosphere alone that was at this ground was incredible. The new Alliance Stadium, you know, why don't we call it what it is? You know, Sydney Football Stadium 2.0. Um, I thought it was a great atmosphere. It looked, it was like a very much a big game feel. Um, it felt like you're watching like, um, you know, a huge international sporting event, right? And it was just two clubs playing. I think this is probably the blueprint of how we want regular season games in the future to be in the NRL. You know, pack stadium. Um, you know, uh, tribalism. Two teams that really go uh, at, at each other, sort of thing. And you know. Um, I mean, yes, this is sort of bigger than a normal suburban ground, but, you know, having this type of atmosphere at sort of, um, you know, your major games throughout the season is is going to be fantastic. So I really, really quite enjoyed that. I mean, I know around how vocal the Richards fans were, particularly when Latrell Mitchell was uh, had the ball or was about to get the ball, um, you know, like um, they started booing him before he even got the ball sometimes, which I thought was tremendous actually, but I thought it was really fantastic and um, a great start to the um, new era of the Sydney football stadium. And um, I've got to say, it looks great. Um, and, um, and it looks like that, um, you know, I remember that uh, going to the Sydney football stadium, the first, you know, like, you know, when I, you know, in the, I know we talked about this uh, a bit last week, but um you know, it looked it looked like a, a pretty nice stadium, right? You know, I remember getting, you know, getting drenched at the Sydney Football Stadium when it was a, a hot sunny day, right? That's how bad the coverage was. Um, but <laughs> here, it looks like you know every uh, every seat is almost covered with the way they've done the roof. So, um, yeah, well done to all of that. So I'd say that that was my highlight, and uh, and uh, yeah, nothing to talk, nothing to see here with the West Tigers. So just, just you know, <laughs> you know, but yeah. Fair enough. But look, and just some notable other mentions, uh, Bulldogs with the final, a good way to end the season, victory yep. over the Manly Seagulls. Titans also, you know, in at, uh, away at the Warriors' home ground, big crowd there. Uh, I think it was, was it a golden, was this the golden point one or was it the Bulldogs? Either way, there was a comeback. Was a sh- oh, yeah, yeah. Come, yeah, and uh, so yeah, it was the Gold Coast Titans Warriors one. So yeah, yeah. So look, and that was exciting. So if you're a fan of either of those teams, that would have been exciting. But look, most of the other games were uh, a, a flogging and weren't really that uh, close or consequential. So look, you know, let's just as we talk, uh, we're about to launch into our discussion about the week uh, one of the finals. But before we do, let's just pay tribute to. Uh, all of those teams, uh, the eight teams that didn't make it. Uh, and, uh, you know, hope you have a good Mad Monday. Hope you, you know, act responsibly, drink responsibly, be responsible if you can handle it, uh, and, and try not to get, uh, try not to do anything we wouldn't do. You know, don't yeah. get into the news. Please let us have positive news coverage as we head into the, the finals. We certainly don't need any more yeah. uh, kind of negative media uh, on or from NRL, uh, you know, player antics in at Man Monday celebration. So, yeah, well done to all the yeah. teams who uh, w- ended their season on a high, even though yeah. they didn't quite make the finals. Well done to everyone, and uh, and for those like the Tigers, there's always next year. 
Exactly, exactly. And look, I'd just like to lend my support to the bottom eight teams, um, particularly the coaches. Um, if you need help updating your resume, um, just email us at rlrepublic.gmail.com and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll work with you to try and help you in case in case you have full support of the board um, during the off-season. Um, but look, I do <laughs> want to mention a few teams here. Look, firstly, the Canterbury Bulldogs. Uh, last year, they won three games. This year, they won seven. So four extra extra games, I think, um, a, a good achievement, really, uh, moving up. So I think well done to the Canterbury Bulldogs. Um, and then, look, St. George Lawara uh, last year only won 10 games. And uh, if they, if they, and this year they've won 12. Um, and that would have been enough to actually get them into the final series last year. So I think the Illawarra Dragons, I mean, yes, they have improved um, out of sight this year. Um, so I think, I mean, compared to last year sort of thing, I mean, not out of sight, but they've improved um, a bit to get closer. So I think well done to them. And, and look, I know they just missed out and they just had a horrible end to the season. But Brisbane Broncos, you know, I think they've won an extra, um, I think it's at least an extra four games. Um the seven to thirteen, yeah, it's an extra six games this year. So tremendous effort. Um, I mean, they just sort of ran out this, uh, out of steam, but you know, just missing out from the top eight with just one win and, and sort of um, a for and against. So I think again, a team that you know, if they had the same result last year, they would have actually made the top eight. So well done, I think Brisbane, St George, and Canterbury. They seem to be teams on the way up. Um, and and we won't mention the teams that are still stuck in the doldrums or on the way down, like the Titans, the Knights, and the Sea Eagles. But um, shall we move on to the final series, I think? Yeah, let's do it. Let's go tackle number two. The first match we're going to talk about, tackle number two, is the Panthers versus the Eels. It's a Friday night game uh, at uh, at uh, Blue. Where is it? It is at Blue Bet Stadium. <coughs> Excuse me, Blue Bet Stadium in Penrith. Uh, they're expecting that it will be good conditions there. It's already a sold out game. First versus fourth. The money is all on the Panthers to win this game. Uh, you know, the basically we're going to have the, a full strength eels uh, and full strength Panthers lineup. There's no point. I, I, look, we could go through the the the. Uh, well, let's do that. Let's go through. <laughs> we might we might forget who plays for the Panthers these days because we've had so many injuries and things. But so we've got Dylan Edwards, Taylor May, Isaac Tago, Stephen Crichton, Brian Toll, Jerome Luai, Nathan Cleary back as captain after serving his suspension. In the forwards, we have Isaiah Yo, Liam Martin, Viliam, Kikau, James Fisher-Harris, Apisai Curacao, and Moses Leota. And on the bench, Mitch Kenny, Scott Sorensen, Spencer Lenu, and Jamin Salmon. With the Eels, we've got Clint Gutherson, Mike Sivo, Will Penasini, Tom Opacic, Wanga Blake, Dylan Brown, Mitchell Moses, and in the forwards, Ryan Madison, Isaiah Papali, Sean Lane, Junior Paulo, Reed Marnie, Reagan Campbell, Gillard, and on the bench, Makaisi Makatoa, Jake Arthur, Oregon Kafusi, and Marata Niakori. Um, and obviously, they've got their own kind of reserves to draw on, possibly Bryce Cartwright 
may make an appearance depending on if there are injuries in the Eels lineup or not. But when all is said and done, we are talking about first versus fourth. I did say to you, Tish, uh, this is this was my prediction that the winner of the fourth place spot would be an advantage going into uh, week one of the finals against a uh, an e, uh, sorry a Panthers lineup that wouldn't necessarily be as match fit as they would like, and I'm not just talking regular match; I'm talking final series match fit. We had most of the stars of the Panthers rested for the final game against the Cowboys, where they got roundly defeated. Um, <clears throat> and we had, uh, you know, Nathan Cleary, who's only just returned. This is first game back from suspension. Uh, there's bad blood between these teams. Obviously, mm. Cleary was suspended. The last time these two teams played, famously, uh, there was a spear tackle on, I think it was, was it, was it on Papa Lee or, or I forget who it was. Uh, but look, the Eels were already winning that game. And uh, once Cleary got sent off, the writing was on the wall. Uh, the Eels went on with the job and ended up flogging the Panthers. It was an unbelievable night if you're an Eels fan. Uh, the second time that they <laughs> they defeated the Panthers this season, Um Calls for, you know, whether it was a legitimate victory or not, I think don't really wash with me because I think the Eels were already kind of dominating uh, the Panthers. That yeah. they, they were in control. Anything can happen, though, yeah. as we talked about with the Eels. Like, you know, you can be in control with 60 minutes gone and still potentially lose the game if you uh, if you let complacency creep in, which is what the Eels tend to do. Um, but the reason why, I see, if I go back to what we were saying you know, it's the match fitness of the Panthers that worries me. Now, it could work completely in the opposite direction, Tish. It could actually mean that that after a long kind of season, you know, a difficult season, a lot of origin, uh, you know, stars, uh, you know, played all three origins. Uh, and, you know, it's a long campaign. And having a week off is not such a bad thing uh, as you head into week one of the finals. So it could be that actually they all are absolutely rejuvenated and will come back firing and completely demolish the eels. So I uh, I tend to think that what we're seeing here is is one of two scenarios: either the Panthers will come back red hot and uh, completely wipe the floor with the eels, uh, or we're going to see a typical Panthers eels high quality, you know, close game where, uh, in my view, I think the Eels are in an advantage because they came off a high defeating the Storm last week. Um, you're absolutely right what you said, and I'll throw to you in a minute, but I just wanted to refer to what you said earlier about, the, you know, Brad Arthur, possibly there's a silver lining there with the way they capitulated in the last 20 minutes or 15 minutes or so against the Storm. Um, the worst thing you, you would have wanted was a complete de demolition of the storm with absolutely no resistance going into this week one game, uh, finals game. The best thing that could have happened to the Eels and to Brad Arthur is for them to have uh, demonstrated the ability to wipe the floor with any top eight team, which is what they did, but also at the same time a uh, harsh reminder, uh, a sobering reminder, shall I say, that 
that uh, you as an Eels team need to not be complacent going into these <laughs> these games because uh, you don't want you don't want to almost lose a match like you did against the Storm. So I think that's probably the best thing that could have happened to them, as as you said quite rightly that. Uh, the, you know, Brad Arthur has something that he can at least refer to to remind them to go in focused. Um, and my final comment, I guess, is uh, before I throw to you is, is there a bit more meaning to this match now that we've got one of their star players, Junior Polo, he's going to be celebrating his 200th first grade game. So there's a bit of an occasion there. And Isaiah Papali, I think, is his 50th game in the NRL. So, you know, especially for Junior Paulo, this is his time to shine and he's really got to uh, deliver uh, when it counts. And I think if the Eels win this, they will be well-placed to uh, to make that final jump into the grand final. But it all hinges on them putting on the performance this week, this Friday. Tish, I've talked too much. Over to you. <laughs> What's your analysis of this game? Yeah, well, look, uh, let me go back to September last year when these two teams met in an epic battle where I think the Panthers got home uh, eight points to six. I believe that was the halftime score as well. I think all the points were scored in the first half. And I just remember it being a battle where the Panthers kept on trying to score against the Eels who would not give up the fight. And I believe that even the penalty that uh, that that sort of determined the game uh, was a bit controversial. So I think the wounds, I don't think, have fully healed on this side of the Eels. I think that's why they've been a bit dominant against the Panthers. They seem to be, they seem to grow an extra leg when they play against the Panthers. They seem to be confident in a particular game plan they had. And I think this is the most difficult game for the Panthers to to win, <laughs> right? Because um, this is the club that, that they couldn't beat this year, right? This is the only club that couldn't beat at least once this year. So I think, you know, when you put all that sort of uh, things together, you think, wow, this is a, a great opportunity for Parramatta. Plus, the bookmakers all think that the Penrith Panthers are going to win as well. So I think that, you know, being the underdog, I think it also plays to the favour of the Eels, the poor performance in the second half. Uh, look, but then on the Panthers' side, obviously they've been dominant the whole season. Their team is well-rested for the fact that most of the players got a rest last week. Um, you know, Nathan uh, Cleary has, uh, hasn't has played a game for five games because of the suspension. But on top of that, um, you know, he ha- it's not like he's been injured. He's been able to, to at least train and, you know, sort of be with the team. So there is a... I mean, I do see the element of why the why Parramatta... Sh- oh, sorry, why Penrith should be the... Uh, that, you know, sort of ahead in this one. So I think this is just, this is, yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be great. I, I can't wait for this game. So, but in terms of who's going to win, it is a real toss in the air. Um, look, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Penrith in a, in a bit of a surprise, uh, Dr. T. I, I think Penrith are going to win, but I think this is going to hurt them as well, though, because I feel like, um, I feel like the, the the like I think these two teams are going to meet in the finals again, and I'm going to go with the with the idea of the team that wins this one is going to lose the next one. <laughs> oh no! Because you know what that means, mate. It, you're saying that the winner of this will lose a grand final against this same team. That's the yeah. only way they're going to meet up again is if they meet in the grand final. 
Yeah, well, look, these are the type of scripts that have been written in the NRL this year, right? Like, you know, um, there's been lots of games like that where it's just been unbelievable. And I think this is part of it. Like, I think this is going to be part of it too. So, yeah, so look, I, I, I'm cool. But, you know, I really can't. I mean, uh, I have uh, I have five reasons. Uh, look, I have a whole bunch of reasons why Parramatta win. I've got a whole bunch of reasons why the Panthers could win. It it really just comes down to the day. Who's the referee? Um, you know, let's uh, let's let's throw that in the air. Who's the referee? The referee is in fact Ben. No, that's not. That's that's the wrong game. Um, the referee is uh, Jared who's... Sutton. Oh, well, it's over. Ooh, okay, okay, all right. So <laughs> it's, I think we know why the Panthers mm. are uh, heavy favourites. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean. Look, I just think with Jared Sutton, um, he he does have a high penalty count <laughs> and six again count in his in his game. <laughs> you know, just kind of what he does. So, I think a high penalty count probably favors the Panthers having that extra week off. Um, yeah, so Panthers for mine on this one. Yeah, look, I think the Eels will win this one. Uh, you know, as I said, the you know winning two times against uh, a dominant team like the Panthers is a big enough achievement. What's the likelihood of them winning three? And then if they win this one and the Eels and the Panthers meet again in the grand final, which is possible, uh, what's the chances of beating them four times in a year? Uh, it, it becomes less and less likely the more you go. So, you know, the odds are very much in favour of the Panthers. The unlikeliness of the Eels winning three games in a row against a dominant team like the Panthers in the one season is uh is probably going to work against the eels, but I just get the feeling that the eels are starting to put it together at the right time of year, and certainly I've not felt that way for quite some time this year. Uh, and they certainly showed elements of that in the storm game where they they were going to revert back to their silly ways, but I think they showed enough, uh, you know, enterprise in attack, strength in defence. Uh, I think the Mitchell Moses tackle on Kenny Bromwich. I don't think of. Is there another mo- moment where you've seen a little player like that, uh, you know, go for a tackle like that uh, with with such, mm. uh, and that is going to have such an impact? I think memory wise, uh, you know, people are going to remember that. The team's going to remember how Mitchell Moses put his body on the line and and really sort of stepped up. And I think the difference between last year and this year is we've got an Eels. Another battle-hardened year that the Eels have under their belt, especially Mitchell Moses and Dylan Brown. I think they have started to, especially Dylan Brown, has really come into his own this year. Uh, And I think this is why we're talking about, you know, the New Zealand team in the World Cup being potentially a greater threat than they've been for a long, long time is because of Dylan Brown. And so I think um, definitely... Uh, in my mind, the Eels are going to win this one. It's going to be tight, but I think they will, uh, yeah, they'll have enough motivation to get them through. Anyway, let's move on to tackle number three. Game two of the week one of the finals of the NRL is the Storm uh, versus the Raiders. Fifth versus eight. 
They are playing at Amy Park, Melbourne uh, on Saturday, the 10th of September at 5.40 p.m. So it's a twilight game. Um, the teams are going to be as, well, as far as we know, as follows. For the Storm, we've got Nick Meany, David Nofaluma, Marion Sevi, Justin Olam, Xavier Coates, Cameron Munster, Jerome Hughes. And in the forwards, we've got Josh King, Kenny Bromwich, Felice Kafusi, Nelson Asofa Solomona, Harry Grant and Jesse Bromwich as captain. On the interchange bench, Brandon Smith, Tui Kamikamika, Trent Loyero and Chris Lewis. And for the Raiders, we have Xavier Savage, Nick Cottridge, Matthew Timoko, Sebastian Chris, Jordan Rapana, Jack Whiten, Jamal Fogarty. And uh, in the forwards, Adam Elliott, Elliott Whitehead as captain, Hudson Young, Joseph Tapine, Zach Wolford and Josh Papali'i. And on the interchange bench, Tom Starling, Emre Gula, Corey Horsberg, and Corey Harawira Naira. And uh, I believe Grant Atkins is going to be the referee, probably one of the most, uh, you know, junior of the referees in the final series. This is, however, a knockout game. So whoever loses this is out. And whoever wins this lives to fight another day. And we'll talk later about who potentially they'll be playing. Uh, in week two, if they survive this one. But the bookies are heavily favouring the Storm. Uh, as you'd expect, they're at home. They've been pretty good all season, except for against the Eels, of course. Um, there is a period where they dropped off a bit. The Raiders have been very inconsistent, and they have just snuck into the eight at the 11th hour. In comparison, the Storm have been uh, thereabouts at the top of the table for quite some time. Uh, having experienced a bit of a drop-off. So we're seeing a team that has lost the plot a little bit and the team that has uh, got itself together a little bit. Meeting, uh, you know, the, the bad blood, Bellamy versus Stewart, the two of the angriest coaches you'll see up against each other, the Storm and the Raiders. You know, one team towns, Melbourne versus Canberra, uh, they've got some bad blood between them. Obviously, uh, you know, they're, well, I don't know if there were um, recent kind of major semifinals or grand finals that that we can say uh, that uh, w- where that rivalry was formed. It was more just some, some general animosity between these coaches and teams. Uh, the Raiders have had the wood on the storm, uh, you know, f- several times over the years, but... By by no means would they be considered favourites for this game. But Tish, I'll throw to you first. What are your thoughts? Storm versus Raiders. What do you think is likely to happen? Ricky Stewart, Craig Bellamy, you know, two mates who played footy together, you know, uh, brothers at arms, you know, r- rising each other, like, you know, along the Molongo River, you know, in Canberra. These two mates, you know, I could see them, you know, kayaking together, you know, climbing trees together and, you know, just having the bond of what a 5'8 halfback has, you know. It's a special bond in rugby league, which these two guys had several seasons together. And now, you know, the pressures of the NRL has caused these two friends to go completely nuts. Uh, you know, uh, you know, you got, you got one guy, Craig Bellamy, um, you know, quite a quite a quite a quiet character in the press conferences, but very loud <laughs> and, and and animated in the coach's box. 
versus Ricky Stewart. Uh, somewhat a bit, uh, you know, you can tell he's angry, Ricky, but not really that animated. But then, you know, unleashes on the, <laughs> you know, in the press conference, <laughs> nobody is safe. But here you go, you got these two fiery heads, um, and they are going to be primed for this game. Canberra are already unhappy, as you know. They played on Sunday. Um, well, I mean, I think we should go, uh, you know, like in comma played because it was kind of like a training run, really. Um, and now this game is going to be played, I think, on the Friday or yeah, the, the Saturday. So they get a short turnaround versus the Storm, who played last Thursday and end up getting a 10-day turnaround. So it's a six-day versus a 10-day. You know, there's four extra days. The Belmont Storm have had to prepare this game. Uh, and, and look, um, you know, after Brisbane lost their game, they, the Melbourne knew when in advance they're going to be playing Canberra as well. So I think the whole uh, situation with this game um, is that, look, Melbourne, I think, are going to win it. I think Canberra, they've got they've got a big forward path. They've got a big team. But I just think they've had a... They've had a very uh, crazy run to get to the finals. And I think it's, this is kind of what happens with team number eight. They sort of limp in and then, you know, they have a good performance. It's do or die. They've got nothing to lose. They give it all they've got. But in the end, they just, you know, sort of lose out towards the end. And I think a similar sort of thing is going to happen to Canberra. You know, um, Melbourne, they, you know, they're, they're, they're an attacking machine. And, and now they've got David Nofaluma as well from the West Tigers. Uh, scoring tries in that corner there, and I think he's going to score the winning try here in uh, yeah in a Melbourne victory. That's what I think. So uh, and not the soccer team, the Melbourne victory. I'm talking about <laughs> the Melbourne Storm victorious in Victoria. Oh, there you go. It's all it's written all over their name, isn't it? In this state, <laughs> it but, is. It is. The story writes itself, Doctor T. That's right. Look. Um, yeah, look, I think the the class of the storm is gonna win over <coughs> the enthusiasm of the Raiders. Yeah. I think uh, you know you're right. I think that they've kind of limped in a little bit. The Raiders, not like as if they've taken the world by storm. Uh, no pun intended. But I think the storm, yeah, they will look. It's very rare that you get the storm playing two bad games in a row. Uh, Bellamy will uh, will have them fired up and ready to go. And I think you'll see. This will be a bit, uh, a bit of a blowout, I believe. So, uh, anyway, that's my view. Uh, and uh, shall we move on to tackle? Where are we up to? Tackle number four. All right, game three of week one of the finals is uh, a non-elimination game. Sharks versus Cowboys, second versus third. The game will be played at Points Bet Stadium, another betting stadium in Sydney, uh, on Saturday, the 10th of September at 7.50. So it'll be the nighttime game. I believe this one, I should have mentioned, all of the finals games I think are going to be played live on free-to-air if you're in Australia, Channel 9. Uh, as well as KO and Foxtel as streaming services. And uh, look, the Sharks, uh, yeah, so second versus third, Sharks home game, uh, well earned, uh, coming second in the season, very well done. I think, like I said, I think the Sharks were the team that really kind of snuck under the radar there for a long, Mm. long time. 
Uh, and then here we are in the finals and they came second. <laughs> so, you know, well done to them. Um, the lineups, uh, as far as we know right now, are as follows. Uh, we've got for the Sharks, William Kennedy, Connor Tracy, Jesse Ramin, Siasifa Talakai, who I believe there's a bit of an injury cloud, but so that may change, but he's there at the moment. Ronaldo Mulitalo, Matt Moylan and Nico Hines at seven. Uh, and then in the forwards, Dale Finucan, Wade Graham as captain, Brighton Nikora, Royce Hunt, Blake Braley, and Toby Rudolph rounding up the lineup. And then for the Cowboys, we've got Scott Drinkwater, Kyle Felt, Valentine Holmes, Peter Hiku, Murray Talagi, Tom Dearden, and Chad Townsend as captain. Former Cronulla player Chad Townsend, should I mention. And then in the forwards, Jason Tamalolo, Jeremiah Nanai, Luciano Lelua, Ruben Cotta, Reese Robson, and Jordan McLean. And Tish, uh, if you look at that lineup, uh, oh, I forgot to mention on the bench, we've got uh, for Cronulla, Teague, Wilton, Cameron McInnes, Braden Hamlin, Ueli, and Andrew Fafida is back. And for the Cowboys, Hamiso, Tabwai Fido, Tom Gilbert, Cohen Hess, and Griffin Neem, or Neem. Uh, Tish, look, two and three, these teams have been up in this uh, in this position, second and third, for quite some time. Uh, well behind the Panthers, but just clear of all the other shenanigans going on with the Storm and the Eels behind them. Uh, they both deserve that second chance. The Sharks, mm. obviously, having finished in second, get the home game. Uh, the Cowboys, you know, even if they lose, they're, they're still in it. Uh, the betting seems to have this at much closer than the other games we just spoke about. 171 to 215 Sharks relative to the Cowboys. Uh, I think it's fair to say, given it is a home game, that the Sharks deserve to be favourites. For this one, um, I can't help thinking, though, that there may be, uh, you know, the not just the bad blood, but also there's the link with Chad Townsend having played for the Sharks, of course, uh, and and you know potentially there is there's the link there. There's a bit of maybe bad blood animosity. The halfback Nico Hines versus Chad Townsend, maybe that will decide the game. Uh, I think. I think it all will come down to what uh, what the backs do because I think the forwards kind of cancel each other out a little bit in this uh, in this contest, mm. uh, and so really it's up to players like you know from the the Cronulla side. It it is all about Nico, Matt Moylan, and Talakai. What can they do? And from the Cowboys side, it is really about in my mind what is Valentine Holmes. What's Kyle Felt doing? How is Tom Dearden going to get the ball to them as quick as possible out in the wings? Uh, and, you know, and, and that's really where what it boils down to. I think it's the way that the team that basically has the most, uh, you know, the most enterprise in attack is probably the team that's going to win this game because I think this, the forwards and the defence will cancel each other out. So really it is about the spark. And, uh, you know, I tend to lean towards Cronulla on this one just because Matt Moylan with Nico Hines kind of being a bit of a foil for him has opened up Matt Moylan's game quite a lot this year. And I think that's the reason for the success of the Sharks. So, you know, you talk about 
combinations and X factors and things like that. It really is about having the balance right. And if you've got a player who can take the heat off and take the pressure off a player like a Matt Moylan, who you know has a really good footballing brain, if given the chance, uh, uh, you know, take the captain's armband off a player like Matt Moylan, have a foil like a Nico Hines off uh, off to the side, um, have options like Talakay right outside you, and all of a sudden a Matt Moylan becomes a, a star. And I think look for him to be the star in this game, uh, and I think he'll be the difference. So I'm tipping the Sharks' victory. Tish, what about you? Well, yeah, look, I think um, firstly like that link that you've mentioned between, uh, you know, the uh, Chad Townsend, who is – uh, the halfback of the inaugural Sharks victory right now, um, unwanted and sent uh, packing to, uh, you know, North Queensland, basically. And, um, you know, that, that that's that's there. But, look, um, I did look this up um, because we're, I, I did hear this over the radio, uh, you know, talking about the rivalry between the Sharks and the Cowboys. And I'm thinking, like, is, is there really? But, um, you know, back in the, uh, you know, between – 2010 to 2020. I don't know. What is that called? The 10s? I, I don't know what that tech is called. <laughs> um, but look, um, you know, Cronulla and North Queensland played in four do-or-die NRL playoff games uh, in a matter of five years, <laughs> right? Mm, so they kept knocking right. each other out, uh, you know, all the time. And there was a few blow-away results. I, I think the season that, um, you know, the Sharks, uh, the season that they had won it, uh, you know, had knocked out. Um, you know, had knocked out uh, uh, the the Cowboys on the way to victory, and then in the following season, the year that the uh, you know the Cowboys won it, um, you know, they knocked out Cronulla on their way there as well. So, yeah, so there is a bit of a history between these two clubs. I think the fact that this is going to be at Shark Park, I think, is a huge advantage to the Sharks. The Sharks themselves um, have a peculiar thing because if you actually think about uh, their lineup, um, you know, Nico Hines wasn't playing halfback last year. He was actually playing a fullback role, but he's actually playing halfback this year. So this is his first season as a halfback um, with Matt Moylan, who's kind of not really been a halfback, more of a 5 So they're kind of like a halfbackless team. Right, like you know, um, up against the the Cowboys, who probably have one of the best halfbacks in the 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 league, and that's shown by um, you know obviously how well the Cowboys have been playing and how well he's been sort of running the team. So I think this is going to be a very uh, a very good game. There are strike weapons everywhere. Like you think a player like Valentine Hones and you think Talakai, you think, you know, um, you know, Ronaldo on the wing, um, you know, for, for the Sharks up against, you know, the hammer or, um, you know, or, or the periscope, um, I think is the, is the guy what's like, you know, really tall guy that makes all those uncanny tries. Um, you know, so I think that's kind of where it is. Uh, let's not forget um, that look, if it comes down that both these teams are equal, I'm sure the Cowboys will get a kickoff at the end and get a penalty to win the game like they uh, did against the Tigers. Um, but look, I think the Sharks will win it before then. So um, I say up, up Cronulla for this one. All right. Well, yep, like I tend to agree. <laughs> 
with everything you said. Um, but yeah, look, thanks for the the reminder of the history there, uh, the recent history, albeit, but still uh, recent kind of bad blood between them, uh, especially in the finals. So interesting. Um, and then the final. Oh well, let's move on to tackle number five. Final. <laughs> The final tackle number five is Roosters v Rabbitohs, the final matchup of week one of the NRL final series. Six versus seventh. It's a knockout game. It will be played on Sunday, the 11th of September at 4.05 p.m. in the new Allianz Stadium, newly rebuilt Allianz Stadium, as I said. Uh, I think the prediction is that there will be good weather, but that could change. The lineups are as follows. Tedesco, Tupo, uh, sorry, Tedesco's captain, Daniel Tupo, Paul Mamorowski, Drew Hutchinson, Joseph Suwali'i, or Swali'i, uh, Luke Keary, and Sam Walker. And in the forwards, Victor Radley, Nat Butcher, Angus Crichton, Sia Sia, sorry, Sia, how do you say? Sia Suya, Takiaho, Sam Verrills, and Jared Warrior Hargraves. On the bench, we've got Connor Watson, Egan Butcher, Adam Kieran, and Matthew Lodge. For the Rabbitohs, Latrell Mitchell, Alex Johnson, Isaiah Tass, Campbell Graham, Tarn Milne, Cody Walker, Lachlan Ilias, and then in the forwards, Cameron Murray as captain, Jai Arrow, uh, Keon Kalamatangi, Mark Nichols, Damian Cook, returning Damian Cook, and Tavita Tatola, and in the bench, we've got Cody Nikarima, Hame Saleh, Tom Burgess and Saliva Havili. And look, to me, look, we've got it's a it's a return matchup. The Roosters, I think it's fair to say, kind of dominated the last game they played. I think uh consider that a dress rehearsal because I think we've got, you know, now Damien Cook returning for the Rabbitohs uh after I believe he was out with COVID. I think, in the last game. So now he's recovered, he's back. What effect will that have on him? I don't know. But if he is going to inject his typical kind of momentum-gathering impact uh, during during the game, especially towards the final kind of third of each half, um, that's what the Rabbitohs need. They need someone that can get them that momentum because without that, they've got, you know, stars in the back line, Alex Johnson, Latrell Mitchell, etc., who really need uh, good service to them. Uh, you know, Cody Walker, I don't think, I think it's fair to say, went a little bit missing in the last game. Uh, certainly that's been the feedback of a lot of, uh, a lot of Rabbitohs fans. Uh, but I think they're quietly confident, the Rabbitohs, that they can turn it around uh, the Roosters, you know, they, they're going to play tough. They play disciplined. They've got Jared Waria Hargraves, who is a ticking time bomb and could end up, uh, you know, being red carded and, and whatever for something silly. You never know what's going to happen with Jared. Um, 
but I think, uh, you know, if if the Rabbitohs uh, have learned anything from last week, it is that, you know, you, you can't let uh, the Roosters uh, sort of – the, the Roosters seem to be dominating through their quick service to the backs through Luke Keery and Sam Walker. Um, the thing to notice, though, is how small those blokes are. <laughs> so I think – if the Rabbitohs play a bit more of a physical game against the halves, I think they have the potential to completely nullify the Roosters' backline. So if I was the Rabbitohs' coach, I would be uh, our advisor to the coach. I would be advising him to uh, target Kiri and Walker because without them, uh, you're going to have major, major dramas. Let's not forget another absence is Joey Manu. And a class player like that not being in your lineup is going to leave a huge dent. And I think uh, with the inclusion of Cook and the removal of Joey Manu, I think we've got a much closer kind of matchup than uh, than I think the bookies give credit for. The bookies are, at, are giving the Roosters the the victory here. It's a bit tight, tighter, you know, tighter than uh, the other games that we spoke about, but. Um, yeah, this one could go either way. I really don't know. And I think on pure form and what we've seen recently, the hype is all with the Roosters. But I think the Rabbitohs have the ability, especially through Latrell Mitchell, if he goes into beast mode, we are going to see a much closer game, if not a victory for the Rabbitohs. It's hard to tell, though. It's hard to predict. Uh, in my mind, I think potentially Latrell's going to turn it on. And I think we're going to see a Rabbitohs victory. Yeah, well, this is going to be intriguing. Uh, it's going to be a very intriguing game. Um, I definitely feel. Uh, just, uh, just, just to dispel any rumours that you might have started there, Doctor T. Um, you did say this is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a knockout for this game, but there will be, um, you know, no sighting of Billy J. Smith or Fiona McDonald. This is not the 1980s game uh, TV show. It's a knockout. No, this game is actually a knockout game. So just to clear that up. Um, yes, because so, of course, yes, of course, I didn't mean to confuse people who were stuck in the eighties. <laughs> stuck in the eighties because you'd think a rivalry like the Roosters, you know, what's <laughs> it? The Book of Feuds goes back such a long way. Um, <laughs> but look, I think, I think, you know, looking at this game, the fact that look, the Roosters won, and then so all, all of a sudden, I think that's just like plenty of, you know, sort of motivation for the Rabbitohs to get up on this one. I think you're right. I think the the um, Joseph Manu. Uh, and, um, you know, sort of Damien Cook's sort of reversal, uh, I think turns things a little bit towards South Sydney's favour. Um, but it is very hard to to, to sort of um, pick which team's going to win. I think the key is the forwards. Um, whichever forward pack can get on top of the other one, um, I think is going to be the real key to winning this game. And I think once, once um, one team can establish that dominance, then... You know the the coming off the back of quick play the balls, um, you know Walker and Latrell end up being unstoppable really, and then on the other hand, the Roosters with you know a player like Sam Walker, like Luke Carey, and you know uh, James Tedesco, you know the greatest fullback in the world at the moment, 
Um, you know, that's that, that's a lot of strike weapons on either end. So I think it's going to be a great game. And I think these are the, you know, when people talk about, you know, um, teams outside the top four being able to win it, I think these two teams are definitely in the conversation. Um, but look, um, you know, I, I thought even that the, maybe the uh, the Roosters will have an advantage on the bench with a player like Matt Lodge being able to come in. But then Tom Burgess on the Rabbitohs kind of cancels him out as well. So even on the you know even the bench lineup is is very similar on both ends. So you know how how is this going to go? Look, I think at the end of the day, um, uh, you know it's going to be a a sort of a, a you know it, look finals. I think there's a bit of an inc- increase in te- intensity. So hence there'll be a bit more of a you know. Um, there'll be a lot more speed into this game. I think the Rabbitohs, just with the balance of their lineup, um, you know, the pace of Cook out of dummy half, Havili coming on uh, and, and sort of being a bit of an impact when he comes on and some of the other things, I just feel like the, I just feel like the Rabbitohs have a bit more speed in their lineup, which is probably why I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say that. Like, I'm, I, I think the Rabbitohs are, are going to, yeah, I think the Rabbitohs are, are going to take it out. I think, you know, like, uh, you know, I think I, I look at a player like Alex Johnston. Alex Johnston pretty much scores every try, like scores at least one try in every game um, that he plays. But last week, um, you know, uh, I don't think he did score, right? So, like, I think I think it just means that the Rabbitohs are kind of due to try and to, to, to win this game, basically. So I think that's what it's going to come down to. So, uh, yeah, so the Rabbitohs, I think, are going to win this one. So I, I'm in agreement with yourself, Dr. Z. Oh, well, there you go. Um, all right, so let's go into our final tackle where we'll wrap this up and give our final tips and predictions. Here we go, tackle number six. Tackle number six. So we are at the tips. Uh, and if just looking back at our last round, we uh, well, we did pretty good. I got seven out of eight and you got six out of eight. That takes me to a total of 139 and you are up to a total of 141. So I'm still within striking distance of you, Tish. Uh, I might be able to catch up. Who knows? But look, now, we are about to de- give our final tips for week one of the finals. But before I do, I thought I'd give a bit of a primer uh, in terms of the structure, just to explain what the finals are going to look like. I'll refer to this next week as well. But really, at this point, uh, the results in week one will determine the structure going forward of the finals. Week one is referred to as qualifying and elimination finals. Um, next week, so week two of the final series is called the semi-finals. The week three is called the preliminary finals or grand final qualifiers. And then obviously the grand finals in week four. So if we look at the lineups now, we've got uh, Penrith v. Parramatta. So before we give our tips, I'll just talk about the structure. Penrith v. Parramatta, the winner of that game, 1v4, goes straight to week three. Um now, because they're both Sydney-based teams, the preliminary final uh, venue will be a core stadium, so the big, the Olympic Stadium, uh, at a yet-to-be-determined time. So that will be the first preliminary final 
Uh, and basically the winner of this will have a home grand final qualifier. So, you know, if you're talking about motivation, <laughs> there's nothing more motivating than that, I, I think, uh, to give you a, the best chance possible of getting into the grand final. Um, the loser, however, of Penrith v Parramatta will play the winner of either Melbourne and Canberra. So uh, potentially we could be seeing, you know, if the Parramatta Eels lose, we could be seeing uh, Eels v Storm again in the semifinals. Uh, now, I think, is that right? That is right, I believe. Um, yeah, I think that's right. If, however, and then, and so, yeah, and then what happens is uh, they'll go to the other side of the draw. So then the loser will then uh, swap around and, and anyway, Let's, let's not talk about the This next game, however, uh, C- Sydney Roosters versus South Sydney Rabbitohs, the winner will uh, obviously progress uh, to uh, the semifinals and will play the loser of either the Sharks or the Cowboys. Um, and so, and that game, depending on whether the Sharks uh, win this game, sorry, depending on whether the Sharks lose or the Cowboys lose will be held at either Allianz Stadium, uh, given that's the uh, the Sydney venue. So if the Sharks lose, the game will be at Allianz Stadium. If the Cowboys lose, then they'll have that home game uh, against uh, either the winner of South Sydney or Sydney Roosters in week two. So... Having said that, so basically, as we said earlier, the way it works is once the lo- the loser of those uh, those top four games will automatically kind of go into the other side of the draw, so to speak, and mm. you won't get to see that team again unless they progress through the other side of the draw and make it to the grand final. So this is why, you know, so Sharks and Cowboys could meet in the grand final. Penrith yeah. and Parramatta could meet in the grand final, uh, even though they're playing in week one. And that's a bit, that's the only, I guess, a- anomaly or quirk of this kind of system of uh, of a final series. Um, you know, we can talk about the structure of the final series at some point in the future, about whether this is yeah. the best one. Uh, in many ways, it, it kind of would be better to know who you're playing. Uh, in the you know, so you know what side of the draw you're going on, and and it is what it is. But there's a reason why they do it this way, and the reason one of the reasons is mm. it's so that it allows the top four teams to have the best chance possible from to make it to the grand final. Yeah, uh, and it also allows uh, teams one and two gives them the the unique advantage of uh, playing for that uh, week off and yeah. having the home uh, preliminary final. Tish, your thoughts on the structure before we go into the tips? Well, look, I think I have to, uh, you know, commend the NRL, congratulate them. I think they've done a great job in this final series. Firstly, you know, the unsung hero of this final series does it definitely has to be uh, thesaurus.com or synonym.com, just finding all the different um, uh, words that you could put in front of the word final. Um, you know, qualifying, elimination, <laughs> semi, preliminary, and then grand, grand. So well done on, on doing that. And I think also, look, um, just the way they've structured this out, it's the perfect question 
to ask uh, for a head assessment injury. You know, if a player gets head high, they're, they're on the ground, you go, look, mate, it's fine. Just explain to me the final series. How does it work? And uh, if they can explain it on the field, they're good to go. So, Tish, I think what you're suggesting is if players get concussed during any of these NRL finals games and the question from the Medico is which round are you playing in, (laughs) I'll give you a multi-choice. Are you in a qualifying final? Are you in an elimination final? Is it a semi-final, a preliminary final, a grand final? I think what who, you're suggesting. Who Tish, would you play if you win next week? Who do you play oh, if look, you lose next week? Where? <laughs> what you're saying is that that the, it's 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 easier to get into a selective school in the North Shore of Sydney <laughs> than it is to pass a HIA in the NRL finals. That's what you're suggesting, Dish. Because yep. to explain the structure, you need a PhD and a thesaurus, and yep. uh, it's just not going to happen. Right now, there are some archaeologists uh, mining some Egyptian mine looking for hieroglyphics that could interpret this NRL final series uh, structure, right? Well, we're looking for that Rosetta Stone uh, that <laughs> explains that it, 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 it's in Greek, it's in Egyptian hieroglyphics, and it's in uh, Latin. And <laughs> yeah, somehow we'll, we'll get the description. Look, at some point in future, uh, future generations of the NRL will, will look back at us and say, um, uh, why couldn't you just go into a simple knockout thing like the NFL do and you know exactly who you're playing, uh, it is what it is, and, uh, and and you know that a semi-final is the bit before the final, not <laughs> three bits before the – or two bits before the final. Uh, makes no sense. But, yeah, look, let's – look, I think we've done enough to – suggests to Peter Volandis he needs to take a look at this. Um, mm. But put it this way, if uh, if I was a referee and, and someone came up to me and suggested this final series, I'd say six again. <laughs> Go again. <laughs> yeah, uh, look, let's get into the tips. So Penrith Panthers and Parramatta Eels, uh, I know we've spoken about it before, but I'm going to give you a final chance to either Go with the Panthers or change it to the Eels. I'm going for the Eels. What about you? Yeah, look, uh, I'm tipping the Panthers in this one. Storm versus Raiders. We both tipped the Storm earlier. Are we sticking with it? Yep. Look, I think um, Thor, you know, the god of thunder, hitting the Storm (laughs) against the Raiders. The god of thunder against the thunderclap. Uh, Against the thunderclap, yep. Yep, absolutely. All right. Sharks v Cowboys. I believe we both tipped the Sharks, but do you have have you changed your mind on this one? Look, I think I'm just going to go for the home team here. I think this is going to be a tight one, um, but I think the Sharks will will take it out. And finally, Roosters v Rabbitohs. Uh, if I heard you correctly, you were also tipping the Rabbitohs. Do you are you going to go back on this or Ooh, are you look sticking again, with the Rabbitohs? Again, a tight one. Uh, look, I'm just going to stick with the rabbit. I think I think Manu is a big out for the Roosters, so let me take the Rabbitohs. And same here. All right. Well, that's it. Week one preview of uh, NRL Finals. Week one preview over, and podcast over. Thank you very much, Tish. Uh, and look for everyone out there. Please uh, join us at ourrepublic.com. Send us an email, ourrepublic at gmail.com if you want any 
uh, you want to talk to us or give us any suggestions and uh, obviously catch us on the usual social media. Download all of our um, uh, podcasts on iTunes. We'll see you next week uh, when we talk about the final uh, – what is it? The semi – no, <laughs> I don't know what they are. Week two of the finals, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, that's whatever right. that's going to be called next week. Uh, but look, Tish, thanks for everything. Epic podcast, as usual. Over to you to wrap things up. Well, thank you, Dr. T. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. But that's all the time that we have for this edition of the Rugby League Republic. Bye for now.